But here's what the great law says. It does not say if you need, you will reap. That's not what it says. Someone says, well, I really need to reap. Then you must learn the basic law. And without education, see, you'll be left behind. Here's what it says. In order to reap, you must plant. Guess who deserves to reap? Those who plant. So could I deserve something unique and valuable? Yes, if you understand the law, if you understand how it works in your own self-interest. We must plant. We must give to the soil. We must turn it loose. We must let it do its work. We must have patience, take care of it. Now we deserve the reaping. If you need, you must plant. Next, if you need to find, in your own self-interest, if you need to find, here's what it says, you must search to find. Finding is reserved for those that search. They're the ones that deserve it. Somebody who says, well, this person really needs to find a good idea, then they must go searching. You must go to the library. You must go to the seminars. You must go to the sermon. You must go to and listen to the lyrics of the song. You must go to where education is being taught. You must go to where good ideas are being shared. Go to, go to. Rarely does a good idea interrupt you. Rarely. <laughs> good ideas are like mining for gold. You've got to develop the mental machinery to go look, go look, go sifting, go searching, go looking. And if you search, what? You will find the promise is there for everyone in their own self-interest. You'll find all you need to find. If you search for it, you'll find everything you need for your health, everything you need for a flourishing lifestyle, everything you need for a good marriage, everything you need to strengthen your friendship, everything you need for economics, you will find if you'll do like you did today. Spend a couple of days searching, taking a look, seeing if someone has some good ideas to share. All things are conditional. God says, I'm an amateur on God, but God says, if you'll move toward me, what? I will move toward you. It's always conditional. Which could also be translated, God says, you don't move, I don't move. You say, well, that's arbitrary. Well, when you're God, you can set it up that way. <laughs> Remember, your planet, you can rearrange all this change it all. But on this one, here's what's interesting. What you move toward tends to move toward you. If you move toward education, education starts to seek you out. This is one of the unique positive mysteries. Whatever you move toward, moves toward you. If you move toward progress, progress seems to want to now embrace you, move toward you. All life seems to wish to reward its benefactor. If you become the benefactor, you'll receive these incredible rewards. If you're the benefactor to the garden, the flowers seem to bloom and say, look at me, look how bright and beautiful I am because you took care of me. I wish to reward you by being beautiful, lovely, spectacular. Your own children, if you become their benefactor, they, they want to reward you with their progress. I taught my daughters how to swim, right? My daughters would say, and to dive. And my daughters would say, Daddy, watch, watch. Look, look, watch. Look what you've created here. I mean, you've spent the time with me and, you know, when it didn't go well, now look at me. This is the payoff. Watch me dive. I was their benefactor. Now they're... All life wishes to respond to the benefactor. Those who give their time, give their effort, give their patience, give their ideas, the benefit of their experience. Now, whatever has benefited from that wishes to respond. 
The crop wishes to grow. The child wishes to show you how much progress they've made. That is so exciting. Otherwise, the wisdom is wasted. Otherwise, the emotion soon passes. Unless you put it into a disciplined activity, capture it. Disciplines is called how to capture the emotion and how to capture the wisdom and translate it into equity. Disciplines. Now here's what's important about disciplines. All disciplines affect each other. In fact, here's a good philosophical phrase. Everything affects everything else. Nothing stands alone. Don't be naive in saying, well, this doesn't matter. I'm telling you, everything matters. There are some things that matter more than others, but there isn't anything that doesn't matter. We all pity the man who says, well, this is the only place I let down. Not true. Key to take home. Every letdown affects the rest of your performance. Every letdown affects the rest. This is part of the educational process on personal development. If you don't take the walk around the block, you probably won't do the apple a day. If you don't do the apple a day, you probably won't consist, you know, start building your library. You don't build your library, you probably won't keep a journal and you won't take pictures and then you won't do this, you won't do wise things with your money, won't do wise things with your time, won't do wise things with your possibilities and relationships. And the first thing you know, six years of that accumulated and we say you have messed up. So the whole key to reversing that process now is to start picking up these disciplines. Now here's the positive side. Every new discipline affects the rest of your disciplines. Every new one affects the rest. That's why action is so important. The least action, the smallest action. Take it. Because when you start accomplishing and the value starts to return from that one action, it'll inspire you to do the next one and the next one and the next one. You start walking around the block, it'll inspire you to get an apple. Get an apple, it'll inspire you to get a book. Get a book, it'll inspire you to get a journal. Get a journal, it'll inspire you to grow, develop some skills. All disciplines affect each other. Every lack affects the rest. Every new affects the rest. The key is to diminish the lack and set up the new, and you've started a whole new life process. Key. Also, one more thought on discipline. Here's the greatest value of discipline. Self-worth, self-esteem. People are teaching self-esteem these days, but they don't connect it to disciplines. The least lack of discipline, and it starts to erode our psyche. One of the greatest Temptations is to just ease up a little bit, right? The, the, the slightest lack of doing your best starts to erode the psyche. Instead of doing your best, doing just a little less than your best. Sure enough, you say, well, it's just going to affect my sales. No, it's going to affect your consciousness. It's going to affect your philosophy. Now you've begun in the slightest way to affect your own philosophy. Here's the problem with the least neglect. Neglect starts as an infection, and if you don't take care of it, it becomes a disease. And one neglect leads to another. And the worst of all, when neglect starts, it diminishes our self-worth, our self-confidence, our self-value. You say, well, how can I get back my self-respect? I'm telling you, you don't have to go to 29 classes. All you have to do is start the smallest discipline that now corresponds to your own philosophy, like I should, and I could, 
and I will. No longer will I let neglect stack up on me so that I will have the sorry scenario six years from now giving some excuse instead of celebrating my progress. That's the key to discipline. Okay? Let's get kids involved in the least of disciplines. One more and then one more and then another one and then another one and then some more. And the first thing you know, you're starting to weave the tapestry of a disciplined life into which you can pour more wisdom and more attitude and more strong feeling, more faith and more courage. Now you've got something, a vessel in which to put it. And now the equities start to flow. And the early return, I'm telling you if you'll start this process, the early return will have you so excited. You'll commit yourself to this strategy for the rest of your life. And we all have the ability to align ourselves with something that, that will outlast us, something that is bigger than ourselves, mm -hmm. and energize and propel us to new levels of consciousness. So the highest state of consciousness would be to know that there is nothing that can stop you. That's right. And to know that whatever happens to us, we are better than that. That not to judge ourselves based upon the results that we're producing right now and based upon our circumstances. That the, our circumstances do not determine us. Even the results, they're only a reflection of what we've become. That's mm -hmm. all. And we can always have more and do more because we can always become more. Mm -hmm. So once again, going back to the drawing board, working on ourselves, not even looking at the problem, not even focusing on the circumstances, but just working within, knowing that as I go within, as I read, as I meditate, as I begin to contemplate and become at one with this force that is within me, that this too shall pass away. It has not come to stay. Thank God it doesn't come to stay. That's right. The man say, you know, um, thank God trouble don't last always. But he said, but it lasts long enough. Lasts long enough. Plenty <laughs> long enough. As you, I've heard you say many times, you don't believe these things work. You know they work, don't you? Oh, yes. That's the only you way that I've it. been able to do it. Yes. And, and it reminds me I must prove it every day. Mm. But if you can begin not to focus on and accept your current reality as what's it for you. Mm -hmm. Beginning to know that you are involved in creating reality. And that breakthrough, the level of energy, the kind of thinking, the kind of person you must be in order to produce those results that you're getting out of step with the common thinking of all mankind. That you, you, you're marching to the beat of a different drummer and and that can be lonely and that can feel awkward and strange and weird and it's okay my challenge in our generation is that gradually through entertainment through television through media through every way possible we are living in a generation of the dumbing down of ideas because we have traded effectiveness for busyness Statistics say, yeah, somebody ought to clap on that. We are busier than any other generation we have seen in the last three to four hundred years. We are so busy, we are, we are busier than a wall, than a one-armed wallpaper hanger. We're just busy, busy, you'll get it later, don't worry about it, it'll, it'll hit you in a minute. We are just as busy as we can be, and we think because we're busy, we're effective. But I want you to challenge your schedule for a minute and ask yourself, are you, are you really being effective 
Or is your life cluttered with all kinds of stuff that demands you and drains you and taxes you and stops you from being your highest and best self? And are you substituting busyness and all the chaos that goes along with busyness from being effective. Let me tell you, a bunch of scientists got together, they began to do some research, and they began to determine that 80% of the things we do are busy things that we do in an area that is not effective, that the average person only spends 20% of their time doing the thing that they are really gifted at, created at, passionate about, excited to do, and the rest of it is all the dismal, dumb stuff that we all have to do in order to survive. Just crazy stuff that we're doing. Wonder what would happen if we would go from doing 80% of things that are busy but not effective and 20% of the things that are really effective if we would switch those numbers around and only give 20% of our time to the things that we have to do and 80% of our time to the thing that we were created to do. Wonder what would happen to your life. Now think about it a minute. I, there's a lot of things you could take from me and I could make it. You could take my suit, I got another one. You could take my car, I could get another one. You could take my house, I could get another house. Uh, but when you take my time, you have taken something from me that is totally irreplaceable. We take all kind of classes for money management. We, we know how to manage our money, we know how to repair our houses, we're working on our hair and our bodies and all of this kind of stuff. We do everything except the most important thing is to value our time. It takes time to be creative. You were meant to be creative. You were created in the likeness and the image of a creator and in that likeness and in that image you have creativity. If you had time, you would be creative. But in the absence of time and with busyness and clutter and the following, beep, 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 y'all got music playing on your phone, all kinds of stuff. And no matter what kind of song you put on it after a while, you hate to hear it because every time you hear that sound, you know it's somebody else wanting something else from you that's taking you away from what you are gifted and creative to do. Hey, it's me again. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like this episode and want to hear more just like it, subscribe and tune back in Monday through Friday to hear more of the show. Thanks for listening again and have a great day.